Hey, welcome back to the Silver Fortune Podcast. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about stacking and, and stacking on the cheap. So so starting off here, if you fund one of these categories, uh, this podcast is is going to be well suited to you. Um, if you, if you see silver and and gold as as too expensive these days because you're used to silver at you know sub twenty uh, or even sub fifteen, if if you're used to gold at uh, you know under 1500, under 1300, uh, around a thousand, uh, this podcast is for you. Um, if because of your own, you know, finances, your own budget, you find it difficult to buy regularly or in at a large scale, I'm talking silver and gold here. Uh, this podcast is for you. If you feel outpaced by some of the heavier stackers in the space, you're seeing people buy it by the 10 ounce bar, the kilo bar, hundred ounce bar or more. This podcast is for you. If you're looking for additional ways to hedge against inflation, Protect yourself, your family, um, from from the eventual and ongoing debasement of the uh, of the U.S. dollar or whatever currency that that you may um, call your your currency. This podcast is for you. If you're concerned about inflation, hyperinflation, and and how to uh, invest or or how to play it accordingly, this podcast is for you. And if you're looking for something that is a sure thing, now I, I hesitate to use that term because there's no such thing as a sure thing in life or in the investment world. But if you're looking for something with asymmetric properties, meaning a high potential of upside and a low potential of, of a significant downside, this podcast is for you. We're talking about stacking. Now, right off the bat here, I'm going to be talking about not stacking silver and gold. Now, I know, hang, hold hold on here. You know, you're not even two minutes into the podcast. Don't, don't click to another one yet. Hold on here. Stacking silver and gold is you know the premier way of of stacking right nothing really beats them in terms of their properties as as money and as as valuable metals uh, it's something that has been cataloged by myself and many others for years here on youtube and podcast platforms and elsewhere yeah i'm not going into that right here but just because they are the you know superior forms of money doesn't mean that they're the only game in town. And specifically what I'm going to be talking about today are other metals that I believe are worth stacking, worth holding on to if you fall into that category, any of those categories that I just listed off here. I'm talking specifically coinage, U.S. coinage, um, predominantly ones that are made out of copper and uh, nickel. Now, now before I get into this, I want to start off with with a quick explanation of something called Gresham's Law. This is something really important to understand, even if you are not in the idea of, of stacking pennies and, and nickels and whatnot, which is going to be the topic of today's podcast. Um, Gresham's Law is, is incredibly important to understand, and, and some of you are familiar with it, um, and maybe some of you just need a refresher. But Gresham's Law, put simply, is that bad money drives out good. Bad money drives out good. Good. Now, what does that look like? I'll explain it here in a second, but I want to start off with an example. Um, let's turn the clock back to the uh, to the mid '60s. Mid '60s, uh, U.S. coinage uh, underwent a, a drastic change. Dimes and quarters, prior to that time period, were made out of uh, 90% silver. 90% silver uh, with some additional uh, metals added in there to to help um, with with kind of the hardness and the durability of the coins. Um, during that time period, that changed. The U.S. Mint um, changed from a 90% composition for those coins to a base metal alloy using some some various other metals, but not silver. Um, and, and of course, the reaction to that was was sort of predictable. 
The reaction to that was that many individuals here in the United States, and by the way, this wasn't a U.S. phenomenon. This happened in most other countries because many, many other countries had silver coinage at that point too. Um, either before the U.S. or after the U.S., one by one, they all you know eventually got rid of it. No country has uh, silver coinage as a circulating currency. Um, but but back at that time period, it, it, that was not the case. Um, so anyways, going back to the United States, uh, many individuals... Uh, chose to to take those dimes, take those quarters, and you know, in some cases, half dollars, and uh, and hoard them. Hoard them in a good way. I know hoarding sometimes has a negative connotation to it, but essentially, they saw the value. They saw the writing was on the wall for the U.S. dollar, and they uh, they held on to them instead using um, you know post nineteen sixty four dimes and, and quarters um, for their transactions. And if they were to find a you know a 90% silver dime or quarter, um, they held on to them. Reason being was Gresham's Law. Bad money dries out good. Bad money and inferior money when introduced into a market or an economy drives a superior form of currency out of circulation because people are more willing to let go of the inferior money than they are the, the, the superior money. It's pretty simple. You know, if you had a choice back then, why the heck would you not hang on to the silver coin and, and spend the base metal alloy coin? It's, it's pretty basic. And people did that pretty quick, you know, pretty, pretty quickly. That, that's what happened. Um, there, there's a whole lot of other drama and other things that went on during that time period. But people hoarded them. People hoarded the silver. And a lot of those coins are still around. Very few are actually in circulation. You know, sometimes you find them. Coin roll hunting is a thing. Um, although people nowadays oftentimes do it looking for other coins, rare coins and whatnot, but people just still do it looking for silver dimes, silver quarters. It's a thing. It's pretty uncommon. You know, sometimes you have, you know, Timmy going into his, you know, great grandma's uh, coin jar and, and taking some quarters and, and going to the you know, candy shop or whatever gas station and, and spending them. And you, you get those stories, but, but it's becoming less and less common each year because of Gresham's law. You know, dimes and quarters, they're fairly, um, resilient. Uh, they, they don't wear out super quickly. Um, but, but you'll find that those 90% coins are very rare, even though a lot of, for example, pennies from that time period are still in circulation. They're, they're relatively common compared to the 90% dimes and, and quarters. Gresham's Law in action. Bad money drives good money out of circulation. So, so what does that relate to today's podcast? I'm talking dime. Sorry, I'm not talking dimes. I'm talking nickels. I'm talking pennies. I don't think it would come as a surprise to any of you uh, if I were to say that that the U.S. dollar has has undergone a long, long drawn out process of inflation that has stretched over a hundred years, been pretty consistent with very few and brief periods and small periods of, of deflation. Inflation has always been the trend. Inflation has been accelerating as of let, as of late. And there's a lot of people really worried about a lot of stagflation, about persistently high inflation, and yes, even hyperinflation. Do I think hyperinflation is going to happen? It's hard to say, but I'd assign a higher possibility to it than many others would. And at some point, you know, we can all have a different definition of what hyperinflation is, but persistently high inflation, in which we see the U.S. dollar, you know, debased by fifty percent, eighty percent, ninety percent, ninety-five percent in a ten-year period, would not meet the threshold for hyperinflation according to some definitions. But but according to mine, I mean, that's 
that's extremely high inflation. You can use whatever term you want, but that's extremely damaging to the currency and, and to savers and to those that are holding the currency. Not so much to those that are holding debt, that owe debts, but 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 to those that are saving, to those that um, you know depend on, on, on a stable currency, that's incredibly damaging. And that sort of relates to, to what I'm talking about here today when it comes to pennies and nickels. Okay, so getting to the point here, as of right now, a penny that was minted from the years 1909 to 1982, they were minted uh, using 95% copper. Uh, I think the rest was was zinc. I'll double check here, but I think the rest was just zinc, you know, 5% zinc, yeah, um, added to it, but 95% copper. Currently, those pennies, which are still quite common in circulation, I went through some of my coins yesterday, found plenty of them, the metal in those pennies are, are worth almost three times the face value of the penny, meaning each penny is, is basically worth three pennies, three cents in terms of value of the metal. Now we'll talk about, you know, don't go out and just melt down those coins. We'll talk more about that here in a second, um, but, but about three times. In the case of the nickel, it's not quite as generous. Nickels from 1946 to, to current, um, they are worth uh, about... Uh, uh, six pennies, <laughs> 6.12 cents per nickel. Uh, that, that's how much the, the value of the metal is. Um, nickels obviously are, are heavier. They're worth five cents. And so I mean, there's a discrepancy. You know, it's not as, as favorable as, as it is just with the older pennies. Um, nickels are made out of about 25% uh, nickel and 75% copper. Um, and by the way, that's probably going to be changing soon. There's probably a lot of different alloys that are going to be used for the nickel diamond quarter. Um, and by the way, just as a caveat also, um, nick, pennies after 1982, and by the way, 1982 is some of those were, were using a different alloy, which I'm talking about here, which is, is 97.5% zinc, a very cheap base metal, and only 2.5% copper. Um, those pennies actually, by the way, are, are worth uh, about 0.85 cents. So not quite worth a single penny yet, um, but but certainly they're being debased pretty quickly. Um, but those nickels and those those pennies, that's what I'm talking about here. Is as as basically a form of stacking. Now, like I said, inflation is is rampant. It's not going away anytime soon. It has been the trend for a very long time. And and essentially stacking these nickels, stacking these pennies, offers yourself a small but sizable a measurable way to essentially hedge against future inflation. It's no different than those that back in the day, in the 60s, took those silver dimes, silver, silver quarters, half dollars out of circulation because they saw that the writing was on the wall for the U.S. dollar. And by the way, the 1970s were one of the highest inflationary periods in U.S. history. People focus a lot on um, the U.S. dollar being removed from the gold standard, in the early 70s, and, and rightfully so, um, but not as many people realize or focus on silver being removed from the U.S. coinage in the 1960s, and I think it plays a role in that inflation as well. Stacking these copper pennies, these 95% copper pennies, stacking these nickels is no different, just on a smaller scale. Now, there's a lot of people here that, that have chosen not to go this route because uh, they see it as um, too time consuming. And I get that to some extent, maybe it is, maybe it's not for everybody, 
But once again, I think if you fall into that category of, hey, looking for additional ways to hedge, hedge against inflation, feel like your own budget for silver and gold is just not large enough. You're feeling outpaced by some of the heavier stackers. You see silver and gold is too expensive these days, and you're looking for some other way to hedge. You're looking for a, a high potential of upside and a low potential of downside. Of course, don't take any of this as investment advice. Then yeah, this can be a potential thing for you to, to do. Now, it takes time. It takes commitment. Um, you, you can go through your coin jar right now, and if you have $100 worth of coins, um, you, you're going to find maybe a couple dollars worth of pennies and nickels that would fall into this category of, of maybe a couple more, you know, five bucks, maybe 10 bucks if you're lucky, worth of nickels and, and pennies. Um, but that can add up. You know, it can be something that you can can make a habit of. You know, using cash when you go to buy things, when you go to the store and, and getting that change. Um, if you want, you know, going to a bank, a local bank, building a relationship with the tellers or the bank and asking for pennies or nickels. It's a pain for a lot of those banks and many just won't allow it um, because uh, for a variety of reasons, sometimes it's something that they more so do for their commercial clients, those that are vendors and, and need those for transactions. Other banks um, do it because, don't do it because it's too much of a hassle. Some people would say that banks don't do it uh, because you know many banks are are preferably their customers would mostly go to to plastic to using credit cards and and electronic transfers and debit cards whatnot rather than using cash and coin. Um, but but there's definitely you know you, banks still do it. They still give out these rolls of, of dimes or rolls of, they do it for dimes and quarters too, but they do it for nickels. They do it for pennies. Um, you can, you know, you can ask other people, Hey, can I go through your change drawer, you know, uh, or your change jar, whatever it is. Um, and I'll give you, you know, the exact value of whatever I take out in terms of pennies and nickels. Um, it, that might seem weird to some people, but like, I mean, if it's your family member, if it's, your, you know, it doesn't have to be weird. Right. And the, and the idea behind this is that right off the bat, each of those pennies is already worth almost three times as, as what its face value is. And in the case of nickel, it's already worth about uh, 20% more than the face value, about 22% more. Already, you have a, an essentially a return on investment. Now, and it's, it's an unrealized return. We'll get more to that in a second. Um, how the heck do you even realize those types of gains? But if we're looking at high inflation in the future, like I said earlier, you know, 50% debasement, 80%, 90, 95% over a five year, 10 year period. Um, that all of a sudden looks like a heck of a good move. Because now you have a metal, which yes, it's not silver or gold, but still has its, you know, essentially its intrinsic worth and is, and is going to be worth a fair bit. Um, and you have a sizable amount of it and, and you've protected yourself, right? Like, like it's not the same as silver and gold. I'm, I'm not saying that it is, but it's the same exact concept. And it's feasible. Take, for example, pennies. Now, size and weight, that's something to consider here. But in the case of pennies, $100 worth of pennies uh, weighs about 60 of these pennies that I'm talking about. The newer ones are lighter. About 68 pounds, give or take, maybe a little more. That's heavy, but it's not overly cumbersome, right? For those of you that have garages, basements, whatever, find some five-gallon buckets and go to town with this. Nickels are actually pretty cons uh, much more reasonable. Again, you don't get the same return on a nickel, but about 22 pounds 
give or take, per $100 worth of nickels. Now, I mean, you, you have to stack a decent amount, but, but don't think that you have to stack like thousand, you know, $5,000 worth of pennies for it to be a reasonable bet. If you have $500 worth of pennies, yes, that is, uh, you know, let's check the math here. Um, that's uh, going on 350 pounds worth of pennies almost. That's a lot of pennies. I get that. It take a lot of time, a lot of sort to do that. But those, you know, um, $500 worth of pennies are essentially worth $1,500 worth of, of metal inside of them. And in an inflationary environment, they're going to be worth, worth much, much more than that in terms of face value. Um, and, and at that point, you're worried more about what the you know, value of the metal is, never mind the, f- the face value, um, what the metal is worth and, and how much, you know, real assets you have basically held on to there. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm making this not for the person maybe that has like 5,000 ounces of silver. I mean, 100 ounces. It doesn't make sense for them. It's not worth their time probably. Um, it, it is a drop in the ocean compared to what they already have done in terms of hedging against inflation. But if you're the type of person, the kid, the teenager, whatever, the person that lives on a very tight budget and, and you have an excess of coin... Of, of just normal coinage, then yeah, this could be for you. I mean, the last thing I want to talk about here, I said earlier, you know, those are unrealized gains. You know, the problem with, with pennies and with nickels is you can't just melt them down. I mean, you can, um, you'd be breaking some laws. Now, now those laws might change in the future. It's hard to say. Um, I would expect that they wouldn't. Um, I would expect that the U.S. government would want to, to keep that law in place to prevent um, the debase, not the debasement, but to prevent people basically taking advantage of the debasement of the currency, taking more and more of those coins out of circulation. Um, so, you know, my advice would be to probably follow the laws of the land in that case, um, especially if this is a large scale operation that you have in mind. If you're going to go on Craigslist, if you're going to go elsewhere and, uh, you know, get these coins, you know, outsource it basically look for other people to get these coins from and if you're looking at a you know hundreds and hundreds of coins which you know would be awesome if some of you know you did that then um you know melting them down gosh i mean you're taking some risk we're we're talking pretty steep penalties for for that uh, uh for doing something like that now with that being said though it doesn't mean that there's not a market out there for those coins then in the future and there's a market out there already for these coins um if you look on ebay and elsewhere People are going to buy those coins for something that is is greater than face value, and a lot of times it's because of the the metal value and not because of the uh, you know the the rarity of those coins. I mean, if you're buying twenty thousand pennies, some people would love you know to to spend a, a day or two going through those, um, but a lot of people are just going to buy it for the metallic value. Um, but but there's going to be a market out there. There already is a market out there. And if we continue to see high and persistent inflation in the U.S. dollar, um, then we're going to continue to see those markets for for these to continue to grow. I see, I see no reason that there wouldn't be a continued market, uh, continued growth of the market for these coins. Right. If If one day a penny is worth 10 cents or 50 cents or 100 cents. Right. Um, yeah, people are going to do that. I mean, heck, like, like something that, that a lot of you guys have probably seen in the last five, 10, 20 years at times has been, um, the theft of, of various things that have metal in them. I'm talking specifically like catalytic converters, 
um, wiring and, and pipes from construction sites because of the copper in them. Um, that's pretty common, right? There's a market for that. There's a scrap market for that. Um, and, and the same is going to be true for this copper and for this nickel in the future. And heck, even, you know, the, the primarily zinc pennies that, that are already, um, uh, that the metal is almost already worth the, the face value of the, of the coin. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on this down below in, in the comment section. Um, or certainly email me, uh, w23mat at gmail.com for those of you that are on the podcast platform. Something that, is this something that you would consider doing? You know, I was reading a couple articles on this. A lot of these were, were older, older articles. Um, I found one from, uh, let's see here. Originally published in 2006. It looks like maybe updated in 2007. This is from ABC. Um, talking about the, the laws against melting pennies because pennies, you know, copper had been on tear recently back then as well. And, uh, and, and one of the really interesting things that they're talking about here is, is melting down these coins and, and how much of a cost that could potentially be to the U.S. government. Quote, uh, this is from the article, quote, uh, Moy, this is the U.S. Mint director, uh, Edmund Moy, back then, um, told ABC News that if just 1% of all the nickels and pennies that are in circulation were melted down, taxpayers would have to foot a $43 million bill. Now, I, I mean, of course, like, like, I don't know how they came up with that calculation. If that's how many more coins they then have to mint, and they're just talking about the the cost of minting those coins. Because I guess in my head, you know, when those coins are sent out to banks and, and other you know distributors, um, they're not sent out free of charge, right? You pay the mint for the coins, hundred dollars for a hundred dollars worth of coins. That that's how I guess how it works out in my brain and in my mind. And so there's, there's still a cost of, of then minting those coins. Um, but, but the U.S. Mint was, you know, ultimately the Federal Reserve and the U.S. Mint, they collect those coins anyways and melt them down anyways and then create new ones anyway. So, uh, I'm not sure where that $43 million bill would have come from, but, um, you know, it's something that they were thinking about even back then. Um, in, uh, there's another article here from, from 2011, um, talking about potential law changes. To where uh, the uh, the penny could essentially be demonetized; that it would no longer be um, not demonetized, but no longer be um, minted, and that at that point it would be potentially um, legal to to mint or to, to melt down um, the pennies. You know, maybe I, I don't know. Part I'm, I'm somewhat doubtful, but maybe. Um, but but I mean, yeah, it's it's something that's it's an idea that's been around for a while. And, and it's something that the, the, uh, U.S. government has every reason to, I guess, discourage. But I think we have every reason to, to take advantage of this. I mean, it's essentially an arbitrage play, a, a very small scale arbitrage play. But if you have the time, if you have the access to coins, um, if, if you want to take a couple of years to, to, to see how many pennies and how many nickels you can stack, um, have at it. It's something that I'm kind of thinking about doing just as I went through some of my coins yesterday. Uh, you know, just spare change or whatever. I mean, why not? I mean, why not? Especially if inflation really gets out of control and really goes crazy. Um, that's a lot of nickel and that's a lot of copper that there's going to be a market for in the future. So love to hear your thoughts on the stumble in the comment section. As always, I'd like to thank each and every one of you uh, from the bottom of my heart for tuning in to today's podcast and God bless.